Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Today is June 10th, 2023. Time is 7.48 p.m. And welcome to the Safety Sunday edition of It's Doomsday Podcast. Joining me as always is Safe Prep. What's going on, man? Not much, brother. How are you? Oh, I am doing ever so fantastic. Now, so the topic of today is going to be vehicle safety. And it's really interesting because... I got an email recently about uh, somebody wants us to do a bug out vehicle specific episode. That's not this episode though. This is just vehicle safety. So I want to see where your mind's at before I start plugging away with my ideas. Well, you got a whole lot of room to carry a lot of stuff depending on what kind of vehicle you have. And obviously it's going to depend on your area and your weather and your roads. But, you know, simple things, not just having things, but also having some basic skills to be able to take care of some problems you may run into um, and knowing the, knowing the safest way to do those things because you can hurt yourself changing a car tire, whether that be, you know, not knowing, knowing how to use a jack or trying to do something like that on the side of an interstate with semis zooming past you. So, uh, but, you know, simple things like tire changes and being able to check your oil and knowing not to open up a radiator cap uh, <laughs> when you shouldn't. That's that's where my head's at, man. What about you? All right. So let me start with, a. I got like a bunch of different ideas that go into this, but let's wipe out the basics real quick. Now, everybody should have a first aid kit in their vehicle. If you don't, there's something wrong. You should have a flashlight. You should have a headlamp, jumper cables, fire extinguishers, ice scrapers, like, you know, the, the basic stuff that everybody would think to have in a vehicle, right? Yep. And also, you know, how you mentioned the tire kit, you know, being able to change your tire, keeping a four-way in there, keeping the jack in there, stuff like that. But there are things that kind of play to be a little bit different depending on circumstance that could, like, very that could boost up your safety, boost up survival. So let's take the tire, for instance. You go to change a tire. That is completely different from the winter to the summer, right? Mm-hmm. So in the winter, there could be snow on the roads. Now you're going to wish you had a shovel in your vehicle so you could clear out a space around that tire to be able to work on it easier. Metal gets cold as shit in the wintertime. Now you're going to wish you had gloves or hand warmers for working on that tire, right? Yep. So seasons change a lot of these things, right? Well, let's stay on tires, man. Cat litter in your trunk, uh, those types of things. They make those little skid plates where if you get stuck, you can stick those under the, you know, right in front of the tire for a second and get you out of a tough spot. Uh, Those types of things are important to keep in your vehicle. Right. And I mean, so me, I go as far as having um, 
I have a tire repair kit and air compressor in my vehicles, right? Air compress air compressor here as well. I mean, it's not some great crazy air compressor. It just plugs into the cigarette lighter, but still. Mm -hmm. If if I get a flat tire on the side of the road and I could opt to pull out a nail and repair it versus having to change it, I'm going to go that route. Absolutely. Because the last thing you want to do is be on the side of the road, throw out your back trying to put a tire on, right? Or get run over. Or get run over. <laughs> you know, there there is also that. Uh, let's talk about that, too. So let's talk about the whole ran over thing. So I remember being younger, and I, was, uh, I wasn't even in my own vehicle. I was in my parents' truck, and I was on some highway, dude, going out through West Virginia. I think it was like 75 or something like that. And it got a flat tire on the side of the road. I had to change it. And it was on the traffic side of the highway, not on the shoulder side, but the traffic side, right? Far right lane, safe prep. Far right lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's cars driving by 85, 90 miles an hour. And I've got like a couple feet between me and traffic to work on this truck because yep. there was nowhere to get off for miles. And it was all like Jersey barriers on the side of the portion of highway I was on. I couldn't go anywhere. I really wish I would have had a vest, like a safety vest or road flares or something. I didn't have shit. Yeah. I keep a reflective safety vest in my in my truck. So I just had a hell of a set of balls. That's how I got it done. So I'll, I'll have to tell my story quick because you took two minutes. <laughs> but uh, several years ago, when it snows in Tennessee, like the potholes just come out of nowhere. Right. And it goes from a four-lane, four or five-lane down to a two-lane close to my, where, where my exit's at. And I come over this hill where it goes from four lanes to two lanes, and I'm in a rental car, man, like a little go-kart, and there was, there was like 17, 11 potholes, and it blew out both my front two tires. There's people on the side of the road already with their tires flat, so I'm sitting on the shoulder of the interstate right next to the potholes to put holes in all these tires. I said, screw this, and limped the car down to the next exit and got off where I could do it safely. Hmm. Well, I mean, that you know, and that's, I guess that's some of, that should be a big part of this episode, even though these episodes are short, is knowing when it's okay to work on a vehicle on the side of the road, when to get off, when it's not to get off. Because, I mean, I've been in positions where I've got a flat tire. I'm going to try to limp it home because I'm not that far away. I get home, yep. the tire's destroyed, the rim's destroyed, and it's like, fuck, yep. I should have just changed it. Yeah. Right? Now i got to buy a new rim. Now i got to buy a whole new tire because right. I was like, you know what? I'm only a mile from the house. I don't want to do this. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So to tear back into some other things with the vehicle safety, um, if you guys don't keep water in your vehicles already, that's problematic. You should have water in your vehicles. Okay. Back to the idea of alerting people that you're on the road, the idea of having a vest or flares or some of these new electronic flashing triangles, something like that to alert other motorists that you're on the side of the road. Okay. It is not it is not uncommon to be broke down on the side of the road waiting for AAA, waiting for one of these companies to tow your car out of there and your battery dies and now your four ways don't even work. Which right? is very likely to happen because it's going to be several hours before a tow truck gets to you. Right, and especially if it's a situation where you want to keep your lights on because it is nighttime, once that battery's dead, that, that battery's dead. And I mean... I think I would I would much rather have, you know, a handful of flashlights or one of those flashy triangles or road flares yep. versus That's sitting good point. there in the dark. Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's Jim's Day Podcast at gmail.com. That's it's 
doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Fire extinguisher and knowing when it's appropriate to use it, when you should just get the hell out of the way and let stuff burn. Fire extinguishers in a vehicle, guys, are meant to keep a very small fire from getting bigger. They're not meant to fight a full-on vehicle fire. Um, but having those in your in your vehicle is a good idea, and they make they make travel size fire extinguishers just for vehicles. So. Mm-hmm. so, in your in your thirty years of paramedicing, dude, um, how many car accidents have you seen come from other car accidents? Oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> and the interstate I live on, man, you can be. I mean, it can you can be doing eighty five, and the next second it stops. You've really got to pay attention. Um, but yeah, a bunch of secondary accidents. Now to go to go f- full on more into this with the vehicle safety. So depending on where you break down at, depends on how you're going to traverse from that vehicle, right? Yep. So it doesn't hurt if if you're worried about safety, security, things like that. It doesn't hurt hurt to have defensive weapons in your vehicle. If you carry a handgun and you find yourself on foot, it doesn't hurt. To have a holster, if it's a you know a gun you keep in your vehicle and you want to put it on your person and go with you, doesn't hurt to keep a holster and a bag in there. It doesn't hurt to keep backup ammunition. I mean, we will get into bug out vehicle stuff later, but just for right now, argument's sake, like when I leave the house in my vehicle, dude, I've got you know the basic safety stuff, jumper cables, tow straps, all that good shit. But I also have backup ammo. I have water. I have a good knife. I have things like that in case I gotta trek it. In case I gotta go on my own. I don't know if I broke down right outside of a bad neighborhood where someone's looking to take what I have, you know? I don't know if I broke down in a good neighborhood where they might try to take me out because they think I'm the problem. You know, you don't know. Absolutely. Now, the other thing, too, is what a lot of people are negating with this with this vehicle safety shit is everybody's under the assumption, oh, I'll, I don't need to charge my phone. I'll charge it when I get in the car, right? Well, then your car dies and the battery's dead. So now how are you charging your phone? Having a jump box or a backup battery bank in order to fix that problem in the event of emergency is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It doesn't it does not have to be complicated. You can go to you can go to Walmart and go to the automotive section and they have several different choices of some very basic, granted it's mostly cheap stuff, but they have emergency roadside kits that are gonna have different tools in there. Uh, or you can put together your own kit by quality things. But it's not just having this stuff, guys. I'm t- a lot of our listeners are female. If you and I, I'm not shaming females at all on changing tires, but we want you guys to be able to take care of yourselves. Practice this in your driveway before you have to practice it on the side of the interstate with 80 mile an hour traffic going by you when it's 30 degrees. Yeah, if you're someone, okay, that's a good point that you bring up. If you're someone that hasn't changed a tire before, you should really get on par with that skill before it actually happens with your vehicle because some of these vehicles like our our minivan i love my minivan man 2017 pacifica baby you've seen it um you know like handled your off-roading when we we're in north carolina it's got some weird like the tires up underneath it and there's like jacks and holes and screws and mechanisms and you need to know where everything's at under your vehicle stuff for my f-150 is tucked behind the back seat so get your owner's manual out figure out what the, everything's at if you bought a used vehicle be sure the stuff is in there because it may not be 
So here's something that's interesting, man. Not that this is like a topic that we really need to tear into, but how many people out there know the proper reason for having an emergency brake in their vehicle? Like what it's actually for? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know know what's going to come out of your face hole. (laughs) So here's the thing. When you're in a vehicle, brake lines can fail. Something can hit a brake line. They're made out of rubber. It could poke a hole in it. And then your system gets depressurized, right? That's what that emergency brake is for. So you still have stopping power if that master cylinder goes. If a brake line it's not gets to, frayed. It's not, to, it's not to parallel park like I've been doing. Well, I mean, that's it just doubles down as that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there's, I mean, we take certain precautions with, with vehicles. If you guys, and here's the thing, if you guys get on Google and you look up vehicle safety, you're going to find shit about seatbelts, airbags, statistics, things like that. You might stumble across a few different articles that say, hey, it's great to have a flashlight in your vehicle, and here's why. But think about this from a perspective of anytime something goes wrong, it's never planned. You cannot preemptively strike on this stuff. You can only be prepared for this stuff. You can't say to yourself, well, I'm only going to get into a car wreck on Sundays at 9 a.m., before I go to church or I'm, you know, I'm only going to get flat tires during the daytime. You can't do that. Right. Changing a flat tire in the dark is a pain in the ass. And we've dumbed down safe prep. I used to have a 95 Chevy Silverado. The coolest feature on this truck is if you went underneath the hood of the truck, there was a retractable string light, like a little work light that went all around the truck, dude. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then you just wound it back up and it just stayed under the hood. They don't make shit like, like that anymore. Dude. I got like 17 flashlights in my truck. I'm a, fl- I'm a little bit of fl- a flashlight connoisseur. <laughs> What's your favorite flashlight? <laughs> um, I do like uh, O-lights, and I also um, the emergency stick is pretty cool for uh, for vehicles. I keep my emergency stick in my in my truck. Dude, I was so mad. I had a day we had to, we got to go cut up cars and break windows and stuff. And I wanted to take that thing with me, and I freaking forgot it, dude. I was so mad. You know what else you can use? Did you know you could use a uh, windshield wiper? I've used the antenna. That'll work. That's pretty cool. Same, uh, yep. (laughs) Anyway, so the other thing you guys got to understand is uh, let's get into the first aid stuff a tiny, tiny bit because we are running quick on time. The The biggest threat in a vehicle is honestly a car wreck, right? That is, that is the biggest threat. And if you want to be that person to carry a full trauma kit in your vehicle in case some shit goes down, that is awesome. By all means, you do you. But at, at, a very, at the very minimum, I recommend that everybody has some sort of, sort of an IFAC or bleed stop kit in their vehicle. I think that would be the bare minimum. Dude, we got a minute left. What do you got? God, just go so quick. I, <laughs> man. Just have some basic stuff in your vehicle, guys, because uh, it, it might not even it might not be a car wreck. It might be your kid in the back seat cut their finger, and you ain't even got a band aid. Now your kid's bleeding all over the back seat. Just be prepared with some simple things in case you get a flat tire, in case your battery dies in the parking lot at Kroger. Those simple car maintenance tips and Jester and I, or, or safety tips and Jester and I'll jump into the more bug outy vehicle stuff in a, in a future episode. Yes, next week, basic bug-out items for Safety Sunday. I like it. Basic vehicle bug-out items. 
Perfect. Like I it. love it. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address. <laughs>